Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you do find this not helpful at the moment, don't feel like you have There's to There's any keep... pressure to listen yeah. whatsoever. Know that Georgia and I care about you and that we love you and that we want what's best for you. Yeah. If this podcast is not aiding you in your recovery and your mental state and how your day is going, please do not feel any pressure or need to listen to it. Yeah, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Also, Georgia and I are not professionals at all no. when it comes to Like, we're, we don't have degrees in this. No, we're not. We not. No, <laughs> no, we are just two girls who are recovering from eating disorders themselves, wanting to share our stories right. and shed some light on some topics that may be harder to talk about. There will right. also be many resources in our description box. So if there's any point during this episode, any point at all, that you feel like that you need that little bit of extra support, no, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with you needing that. And that feel free to use them and that we support you and that we are so proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Picture me this. I'm here. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you put in your smoothie? I boost. Um, just in boost. Nana spinach. And then I put some cinnamon in it. And then I just had, um, I know, right? Fancy. And then I crushed up my Nature Valley bar and nuts on top of it. Yum. Yeah, you know, just a little, just a little midday pick me up. I have some coffee and I have that kind granola from Res and um, two different kinds of oat milk because I ran out of the first one. So Flexibility. I was like, so the nutrition label is different, but I don't care. A matter, don't matter. No, no, no not at all. Uh. <laughs> 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 I love this for us. It's, I don't think it's ever going to get easier to start this it's podcast. It's never. <laughs> Hi, Georgia Peach. Hi, honey. Hi, honey girl. Hi, honey girl. I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Ty, how are you? Hi. I'm good, actually. Yeah? I feel like I can feel myself coming out of that like mood dip that I was in. We love that. We mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, so I can feel myself like... You're on an up. Getting more she's, energy. Nice. She's got a coffee. Yeah. Maybe that. that's. Maybe that's actually. <laughs> you, you just got some caffeine in your body and you're like, I think I'm better. Right. <laughs> I'm doing so much better. It's just the caffeine. Uh, no, wait. Take me. That was like relating to the first week of residential. I had like one week's worth of food in me and I was like, okay. I'm better. I'm good. <laughs> did I cry a few times? Yes. Maybe. But, but, but did I make it? Yeah. She did. No balls. She did it. Shout out to ES. No balls. That was so funny. I was like, guys, as soon as you see me in my fucking head, looking at this food, just like so convinced that I can't take the last bite or two, t- look at me and you go, no balls. No balls. No balls. Worked every time. You're like, okay, bet. A little bet. I was like, fucking bet. Now I have to eat it. But not fucking have to. Shit. <laughs> what was your high of this week? My high of the week. Definitely seeing you. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. I was kind of, that I'm was not going to lie, I was up. thinking in my head, I was like, is Georgia going to gonna say that <laughs> her high was seeing me, or is that not her high? <laughs> yes, Libra. I mean, Lauren. Um, <laughs> oh <laughs> no, my God, was... wait. Let's hang out with some friends, and one of them was like, okay, like, what do you want to do next? Do you want to go to, like, another bar? Do you want to go, like, back to my place? Like, what do we want to uh-huh. do? And I was like, I'm sorry, um, you know what my astrology sign is, right? And they're like, yeah and I was like yeah I'm a Libra and you understand that one of the traits of being a Libra is being extremely 
indecisive. And they're like, you can't just use that as an excuse. And I was like, watch me. Well, did I not just? Yeah, did I not just literally go on actually like a 10-minute rant before we had this conversation about me being a Libra and what that entails? Not an excuse. It's just who I am. What's your high of the week? My high of the week, other than seeing your beautiful face, would You stop it. You know, would probably just be my time in Cleveland, actually. I had such a good time. I was there with my best friend. Shout out to Sedona. And she honestly has probably one of the best relationships with food I have ever seen. Yeah, you were just, telling me a little yeah, bit. Just being it. able to be surrounded by that for like a couple of days is just such like a good reminder. How helpful like, is that? It's so extremely helpful. Like I literally love spending time with her for so many reasons, but like honestly, yeah. that's one of them because it's like I'm at a point in my recovery where it is like helpful for me to be around people with good relationships with food and people I can yes. not compare out of like a like negative need to like compare my food and my intake with them but just out of like I am eating quote unquote normal like I am eating like I don't know reassure me in my brain because sometimes I mean I still do overthink mom food and like my intake like a lot so just to yeah. be somebody that has no emotion connected to food eats when she's hungry doesn't matter what doesn't matter when doesn't matter where like literally I'm obsessed amazing with I'm obsessed with her but yeah uh, so that was so much fun it was a good time Cleveland is not the worst city I've ever been to. So shout out to Cleveland. If you're from Cleveland and you're listening to this, shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to you. Yeah. This <laughs> was is, in the hometown. Shout out to you. It was in your hometown. It was lovely. You had a great time. George, what's your low of the week? Um, my low of the week would probably be, I found myself giving a lot more thought into what I was putting into my body this week, which was annoying because obviously it's not something that I want at the forefront of my mind, but for some reason it was a little more loud this week, which I think is because I have been so focused on the past. Like I'm, my brain is literally still trickling Easter into my mind. Yeah. Which is so annoying because it's like, okay, dog, that was 20 whole ass days ago. Like you're here today. Like Easter is so far away. I don't know. I don't know why I get so caught up on ruminating. Yeah. Um, But you know, I, I do need to give myself grace because I have thought that way for so long. Like when it comes to going back and Mm -hmm. like, as far as like months of like beating up on myself for things that I used to do, mm-hmm. like not even relating to food. It could be about anything. Like, yeah. But yeah, I'd say the low in general was just giving a lot of power to the food and some body image struggle. Like I'm really getting anxious about summer coming up and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Um, my mom actually bought me a bathing suit and I cried. Really? <laughs> I cried. I cried because I haven't been in this body and been so okay with it like I am and I say that even though I'm still struggling but yeah. like I I am the most accepting of myself that I have ever been before and how does that feel not great like not great it's weird because even though I say I'm as accepting of myself as I have been before mm-hmm. it's not how you want to be right yeah right I think one sorry I know I'm talking a lot but no, I think keep talking I think one more thing that like really makes me pretty angry about that whole situation is that I, especially with this podcast, I want to be that like person to be like, I'm in my larger body and I don't care and I'm going to wear a bathing suit, but like it pisses me off so much that I'm just not there yet. And I think that's what makes me so mad is that like, I don't want to come off as a hypocrite, to be honest with you Mm -hmm. and saying like, health at every size, body positivity, look at me in my larger body, loving myself. I just, I don't, 
I, that's not where I'm at right now. And I think I've made that transparent though, like that. I really, it's a journey. It's a journey. Gun ho for myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it just pisses me off that like, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just worried that like, I'm preaching a game that I can't play. And I like, I completely relate to that because I've often felt that way when it's like preaching about like my relationship with food and like, oh, like I'm doing like amazing, like recovery or like, oh, like, haha, like I'm able to, I'm at this place where like, I am so confident in my recovery, but like, honestly, like my love this week was like this morning, like I was so extremely anxious where, mm-hmm. yeah, about like <clears throat> food. Like I was like, oh my God, like I woke up with an anxiety, like around food and around like what I was uh-huh. eating today. And that feeling like comes still like pretty frequently like for me and everything and like did I work my way out of that like little funk yeah I did mm. it still does feel at times hypocritical as a way to say it because like we can sit and we can talk about how amazing recovery is and how like great we feel like in it but I mean that's also the point of this podcast is that we are right in smack recovery. dab in the middle right. of recovery in the middle mm. of this journey like, I have ways to go still. yeah ways 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 to go still like we are like still pretty fresh out of like it's pretty fresh I can say I'm like two years into serious recovery and I mean Mm -hmm. that's that's That's... with relapses in there so I mean like yeah hurt um like behavior free when it comes to like the most problematic eating disorder behaviors I'm like pretty much a year in full recovery like hard strong headed recovery Mm -hmm. so it's really early too again like we said like we're still actively in recovery actively still having to fight off those urges actively still having to hear the voices in our head and do the opposite of what Mm -hmm. our disorders want us to do but I think that's what's so cool about our podcast is like the fact that that is where we're at and like that we're and there's not an outlet out there with people being raw and vulnerable Mm -hmm. in their struggle because that's what it is it is a struggle like Mm -hmm. at times there are so many successes yeah really because in our podcast we have talked about them so like it's not just struggle bus moments because though there are plenty of those like there are a lot of so many victories and so many wins and like great moments for sure I was just gonna say what happened when you woke up what were you like experiencing physically and mentally I think it's just because the fact that the amount of flexibility I had to have this past like week when I was away from home and everything was just like extreme and I came off of a very heavy day of like traveling and I have never been that great with time changes Uh, again I had touched about how like the hours in the day and when I'm consuming food has been like a bit of a trigger for me and a struggle for me in the past so I think just coming off of that I was quite anxious and almost felt like okay like here comes a time where I am back in my like safe place my house safe place of what I'm eating every day and here comes like the control wanting to like come back into it all because of how much I practice like flexibility and like spontaneity this past week which is so much fun and a great time and I'm so thankful and happy that I am at a place in recovery wise where I'm able to be practicing that and doing that and being present in those moments but still like the it doesn't take away from how challenging it is. Yeah. Too. No, for sure. Yeah. Definitely hold those at the same time. Yeah. So this morning just woke up anxious off the bat. I was like, oh, what am I going to eat? It like, is am I eating now? What do I even want to eat? Like, I just couldn't know. And I was just kind of really overwhelmed with it. I was like feeling kind of a obligation to be like working out because mm. I had a full day of travel where I was sitting yesterday all day. I kind of like started 
engaging in like some of those compensatory behaviors and obligated behaviors. But then I quickly called myself. I was like, this is not what I want to be doing. I was like, this is no. not aiding my recovery. So what did I do? I just cleaned my house. And I don't know why. I don't know why vacuuming made me so much happier. Hey, I was like, you I was like, put your energy and your anxiety into something productive. And I'm yeah. proud of you. Thank you. I was like, God, I'm turning into my mom. George, what's something that went well recovery-wise for you this week? Something that went well recovery-wise this week for me would definitely be listening mindfully and graciously to my fullness cues. Obviously, hunger cues and fullness cues are two different things. Like Mm -hmm. one cue is when you're hungry, one cue is when you're getting full. In the fullness cue, I specifically have struggled in because of my past patterns with food. Mm -hmm. So I was just really listening to my stomach, dare I say, (laughs) this week. (laughs) And I think I found a few dislikes that I really hadn't paid attention to in my mind Mm -hmm. that's exciting yeah I've been like really respectful towards myself when it comes to my threshold for fullness not underdoing it and not overdoing it it's a challenge though like trying to find my fullness cap almost and it can be really triggering at times too like the feeling Mm -hmm. of fullness itself Um, but yeah I've just been really proud of myself for being in tune with the physical aspect of hunger and fullness Nice. What about you? So something that went well, um, this is, I'm going to be kind of vulnerable right now. We have talked about like the importance of like having a team and importance of having people like behind you, especially in early stages of recovery and how George and Mm -hmm. I just kind of talked about how we are. We're new, we're new to the game of recovery. At least I'm quite new to the game of like being as excited and like amped and like wanting recovery as I am right now. And my team right now, I am currently not seeing a dietitian. And I have had in the past, not the best relationship with dietitians, blaming mostly just my stubbornness and my ED like on that and everything. But I've been very, very hesitant to seeing one or wanting to see one. And like always my downfall in recovery is my meal plan and being able to consistently stick to one outside of a intensive treatment like facility. But this past week, I actually reached out to one and like did it for myself. I'm actually like open to having one for the first time in a really, really long time and wanting to work with one and wanting to do this for my recovery and not do this just because my therapist is encouraging it, even though that she is. But I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I'm proud of myself for that because I know it's going to be really hard for me because I do tend to get very, very defensive of my thoughts when it comes to like conversations and like dietary appointments when it comes to the beliefs that my eating disorder has about food and like with diet culture and everything like that I get very very argumentative about why I can't do it or why I should be able to eat what maybe yeah well maybe normal for somebody else but isn't normal for me because I'm in recovery right now so I am nervous I'm excited but I am proud I'm proud that I took that initiative and I did that for myself. So I'm proud of you too. Thank you. Confession. I, (laughs) I had a dietitian session like four weeks ago, Mm -hmm. never reached out to her again. And I think that's because of the anxiety of a, someone knowing my weight, B, someone tracking my intake. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why it scares the living shit out of me. Like, and I think that might also be like, my mind subconsciously being like, if we let her in, like she can take more of us away. 
And I think that might be me being anxious about like letting literally everything go of the eating disorder because it's like, for some reason, I have this preconceived notion that if I'm fully recovered, I won't care about what my body looks like. And I, and that scares me. George, I have the exact same thought. I have, yeah, what I really, really have been battling since like two years ago when I even went to PHP when I wasn't like really recovering. It's just a thought of I'm like, if I am not caring at all about what I'm eating, if I'm not being like very aware and like thinking about the way that I look and the way that I'm eating, I'm letting myself. How am I going to look? Yeah, like how am I going to look? What's going to happen to me? Yeah, and that's not true. That is the that's straight up. I know eating that's the eating like disorder right there. Being like, hey, uh, we're gonna like cause you to have all this anxiety about like what might happen, even though your team. That's like the purpose of a team is to like have that like almost you, like yeah, accountable checks and balance and keep yeah. you like from not going off going the deep end, off, going off the deep end the other way. Yeah, and like that's what is important about like having a team and getting professionals also in on your recovery journey. This last year specifically, like. The beginning of the year, like I knew I was gaining weight because Mm -hmm. I knew I was doing binge eating behaviors. And at the same time, I was confusing that with like, no, I just don't have an eating disorder anymore, dog. Like that's all it is. And which was so wrong because I felt like I was in my preconceived notion that I had when I was struggling with bulimia. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was in that space where I was just like, no, I just don't care about what I was eating. It was more so like, I didn't have Mm -hmm. self-worth. And there's a huge difference, obviously, between not having self-worth and being in recovery. (laughs) An eating disorder is so fucking weird because like one of the times I was struggling in my life, all I cared about was the way I looked. And then, and I was diagnosed with an eating disorder. And at that time, at like this last year in my life, I didn't care about what I was eating, nor though did I care about myself at the same time. And that's still an eating disorder. Yeah. Um, so just trying to find that balance is fucking hard to navigate. Cause I'm like, what? Okay. What? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Like I, I, I literally, I actually said that I had therapy <sighs> right, right before you filmed this podcast. I had therapy. And I said to my therapist about yesterday when I was at the airport, I really, really, really wanted like a coffee drink, but the, all the coffee places were closed. And I was like, this sucks. So I had to get an energy drink. And even though yes. that energy drink, may have been like a big thing for me has been like caloric values has been mm-hmm. like was less than like that sense of my ed i still wanted the coffee drink and i was upset i had to drink energy drink and i was like it makes no sense eating disorders just make, make no sense such. no sense at but all in your little brain of yours all sense pitch posh perfect makes oh, yeah. so much <laughs> like it's a nice little checklist dude. yeah no ah. literally it, it, they change they evolve they morph yes. yeah yeah <laughs> they are so confusing <laughs> Exactly. So like, confusing. If you looked at George's eating disorder when she was 11, then mm-hmm. when she was 15, then 18, then 21, you would think like you're looking at different patients' profiles. Like, <laughs> isn't that so weird? It's like, so weird. Oh, she it's has just crazy. It's just, it's just so uh, manipulative. One of my favorite right. things that I've ever like heard when it comes to recovery is actually from my dad. And this was like really, really early on is that he read somewhere in a book that when it comes to eating disorders that like the person suffering will never be able to explain it and the people outside of it will never be able to truly like understand it. And that's why there's just like so much of this likeness. Disconnect. Disconnect between like, you can't even understand what your reasonings are sometimes behind things. They make, make complete sense to you in the moment. And like, you can rationalize, rationalize to rationalize why your thought is actual, like an actual thought, but it's going to make no sense to the outside person. And, but it's also going to make no sense because to you. it's such an internalized projected idea of who you think you should be. 
baby tonight. So to transition is kind of to transess. If the podcast doesn't know by now that I have the inability to form sentences and say words correctly, I just don't know when anybody's going to learn that. Okay, anyway, to transition us into talking about our topic for today, we kind of want to touch on the subject of the Demi Lovato ice cream thing that's been happening recently in the media to just kind of recap what's been going on is that Demi Lovato made a comment and post about how she had walked into an ice cream shop and had saw that there were a bunch of sugar-free options and dairy-free options and how it really, really triggered her. From that, got a lot of backlash almost in the sense of making that comment. And it's just kind of has blown up to be something that I really just think is because the mark may have been a little bit missed on the initial intent of speaking what out she about the meant. experience yeah. yes to look at that from a perspective of somebody that has an eating disorder kind of like what we talked about with uh our last podcast with darcy and our diet culture episode that having something that is sugar-free or something that is dairy-free can be very very much rooted in a diet culture but also acknowledging the fact that some people that have diabetes some people that are lactose intolerant like that is their option for right ice cream and that those options are amazing and that's why they're there yes and necessary for them to also be able to enjoy foods like that which is and to have that idea of normalcy yes exactly i think like i have an idea of what she might have been experiencing like with a personal experience of my own so that makes me think of walking into a panera for example Mm -hmm. and i'm like i want a bagel and one of the options is a whole wheat bagel or one of the options is a quote skinny bagel Yes. That would be me going into the store, having had an eating disorder, still currently having this eating disorder. Absolutely, I would be triggered. Would I be triggered by the options themselves being available? No. I would be triggered by the fact that my narrative inside my head is that I have to eat XYZ to be socially deemed acceptable to be self-deemed acceptable that's the reason why I'm triggered I'm triggered because I know I would be choosing in the past I would be choosing that whole wheat bagel versus the cinnamon crunch bagel that I initially wanted or I'd be choosing that quote skinny bagel instead of the chocolate chip bagel that I initially wanted I would be triggered because I chose those options there not because that they were available to me because they need to be due to celiac Mm -hmm. due to diabetes lactose intolerance that's because the reason you within a disorder feels like you are obligated almost to choose the quote healthier option. That option. option. Yes, that's where I think that the mark was missed. I think that it was more her trying to express that side of recovery and how it is still challenging. Like I was, that reminds me too of I was fresh out of res and my dad was having some cholesterol issues and everything like that. And was kind of explaining how like he was going to have to cut some carbs out and was going to have to be choosing like sugar-free options. Which and, is triggering. Which is triggering. And but not nonetheless, say, not... No, yeah, it, it's continue. not triggering because of the fact that they're making that decision before their health because like that's what they literally they need to do for their health. But because of the fact that you're around it and 
we George and I were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier before we started recording the podcast is it almost brings up the whole competition like sense hundred percent it's like okay well then I have to do that yes it comes up with the competition side of eating disorders and the competitive side of it because the fact that somebody else is making this decision eating this quote-unquote healthier quote-unquote more like diaculturally socially encouraged acceptable food that you need to be making that choice almost as well or that that goes back to worth that ties back to literally everything in our last episode that we talked about like skewed idea of healthism problem it's like I'm mad at you not because you're doing this for your body but I'm mad at at this because my eating disorder wants to do that and I know that it can turn into something else Yeah. yeah and then because there was also another video that was shared by one of my favorite people I've ever met in recovery you know who you are I hope you're listening to this. I love you. But, um, and she'll be on the podcast eventually and then we can say her name. But she shared me this TikTok and it was Demi explaining how her not choosing the ice cream that she wanted really affected her week. And then afterwards there was somebody laughing at it and just- it's so mean. It was so mean. And I was like, it's just like, that's just the disconnect between people that do struggle with disorder right. eating, do struggle with eating disorders and have that background versus people that don't. Because making a choice of something that you know you want one thing but your eating disorder is telling you have to choose the other thing. So you choose that other thing, even though you want the other thing, can completely throw off your whole entire week. Because then you're sitting just like Easter. You're sitting and you're ruminating. You have latched to that one decision. And that one decision is going to affect XYZ in any other decision that you're making about food, about where you're going, about your appearance for as long as you are latching to that one event. So I completely like understand that. And I think that it was so sad to know that that is some of the feedback that she was getting but also knowing that the way that it was presented may have been there were points missed which is fine because in that moment like I can I can like almost feel the panic Mm -hmm. um and the frustration and I bet and this is just opinion but I bet that she may have posted that in while she was in maybe some distress and didn't get all her thoughts out in one sentence which can blame the girl I mean like Mm -hmm. I can't get all my thoughts out in one sentence. I wish I can't I get all my thoughts out in this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I so, think in the moment, like that's such a real struggle. And in the future, maybe she'll laugh about it, but to laugh at her face pretty much while she's in this real struggle, very invalidating. I can't imagine what that must feel like. Yeah, I can't either. But it just kind of felt like that was important for us to speak about on this platform. That's yeah, appropriate for sure. Because it's appropriate for our podcast. But yeah, so going into what our topic is today then, we're going to be talking about some fear foods. Yeah, like what ice cream triggered us? Like we're going to be talking about what foods that we had similar experiences with. Or Yeah, because, well, it may be something that is weird to think about if you don't struggle with disordered eating or struggle with an eating disorder. Food can be so triggering. Specific yes. <laughs> foods can be so triggering. Very much so. Yes. So... Basically, to define what fear food is to anybody that doesn't have any fears of foods, it's just a food that causes anxiety, a food that, while maybe completely okay for Georgia to eat, is not okay for me to eat because I have some sort of fear around it. And that's a thing about like fear foods is everybody's fear foods are different. Completely. They can change throughout your time in recovery, throughout your diagnosis. Which they have. Yes, extremely they have. I think I would define it as something that you latch um, a really strong emotion to, whether that be anxiety or scare, like fear itself. Just something that you basically 
create the narrative of as to why the food is unacceptable, as to mm-hmm. why it's quote not good or scary in the first place. Yeah. And I think one thing that I want to talk about when it comes to fear foods is the term fear foods. We talked about fear foods a lot mm-hmm. in residential and recovery, obviously, because mm-hmm. you are asked a lot of the time to face your fear foods and yeah, debunk everything. those. Yes, exactly. And something that I kind of had the realization in res and also, again, shout out to Mark because we had a whole entire act group on this, is that by labeling a food a fear food, you're already going into that meal, into that snack, into that experience with that food with the idea that there is fear attached to it. Yeah. You're speaking those words out into existence. So for the rest of the episode, instead of calling them fear foods, we're going to call them our Bitch, bitch foods. foods. Yes, that's what they are. There are bitch foods. And because we have to take that power over them in order yes. to go into the meal ready to take it on, mm-hmm. which is but- so hard. It's like, I don't know, I, why do I want to say the placebo effect? But like literally before going into a meal, knowing that you're going to sit in front of a piece of pizza and you're like, that's my fear food. And everyone's talking about fear food, fear food, all this. Like you already have basically you, you a plan. Built, you have built up yeah. this anxiety before even sitting in front of the food and knowing what's actually going to be happening. It's like coping ahead in a negative way almost, which right. is something that like I also sometimes do struggle with the idea of coping ahead because I'm like, you're basically pre-planning a whole entire like emotions when you don't even actually know the reality of like what you're going to be feeling when you're sitting in front of a certain right. food or like a certain event or anything. So just kind of, we're going to change the narrative of what a fear food is. It's our bitch food now. Right. And it's, Let's conquer it's it. It's your bitch. It's your bitch. So, so Georgia and I thought it'd be kind of funny on the topic of fear food to share some stories about types of food has made us have some reactions that actually don't make sense. Match the- they, don't, they don't match the situation whatsoever. Was it and appropriate? Maybe not. Maybe not. At the time, was it valid? So real? 100%. Yes. Can I laugh a lot about it now looking back at it could I laugh about it dare I say a day after it happened yeah I could but in the moment was this a reaction genuine fear, genuine fear that I had and a genuine reaction I was having 100 yes. percent. George do you want to share a story first sure so my bitch foods have changed throughout the years but my most recent funny moment <laughs> was at residential Um, I think it was like my third or fourth night. It was Mexican night and we were having enchiladas and salsa and guacamole and tortilla chips. So I was nervous. Don't get me wrong. I was very nervous going into it, but I was like, I can do this. I walk up to my plate and I'm like, okay, everything's good. Everything's good. Panic. (laughs) Struck. Just ball drop. I saw on my plate a scoop of avocado that was prepackaged, which would have been fine. That's fine. But then I also saw another exchange of avocado through an actual avocado. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, hang Who the on fuck's here. playing this with me right now? <laughs> Who is doing this to me? Because you are either, I was thinking to myself, you are either going to give me two servings of, a, of, 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 of avocado, avocado, or you're going to give me two servings of the prepackaged guac. You don't mix things here. <laughs> We're not playing this game I remember, tonight. I just remember looking up, <laughs> tears started coming. I, I haven't even said a word. And everyone's looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with this bitch? <laughs> and I just like, I was just like, I just don't want to care anymore. I just don't want to care anymore. And I started crying and I stormed off. 
went into the little cubicle room and I stopped my feet. Wait, like, wait, wait, little... you, you left the room? Yeah. I think I was I, sitting, I was sitting in the I kitchen. I walked so I wasn't... out of the kitchen. I walked out of the kitchen. I was like, I can't, I'm done. Like, no, that was your last straw. It. Your last straw was, was getting straw. two different forms of avocado. And I was throwing the biggest tantrum in the room. Abby walks in. She's like, what happened? And I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck do I explain to this therapist that I'm crying over two different avocado? How'd you do it? I told her I was crying over two different <laughs> avocado types. I was like, I'm pissed. How are they going to give me? She was like, do you realize what you're telling me? And I was like, ding, that's it. I was like, wow, I'm crazy. It's just avocado. No, no, I didn't. I I was just, she validated the fact that this is hard as fuck, but let's assess the level of distress that I'm in and for how long it's taking. And it had been like 10 minutes at that point. And I was like, I'm giving a lot of power to this damn avocado. Mm -hmm. I wiped my tears. I was still really upset. I wiped my tears, stormed back into that room and I did my best with the meal and I was really proud of myself. So it ended up being a pretty good victory. I was still like disappointed. You know, you had the victory. You still walked back in. It's not like you just like yeah. met that. I cried when I ate it. I took tortilla chips and I dipped it in two different avocados and I cried while I was eating it, but I was proud of myself. And then when dinner was up, everyone was like, I'm really proud of you. Like that was impressive as fuck. And I was like, yeah, third day in here. I think I'm ready to go. <laughs> Like, just yeah, I, just, I just conquered my two I just conquered two different forms of avocado I think I'm I think I'm recovered now no I think at that moment I knew I was like okay maybe a couple more weeks <laughs> maybe a couple more <laughs> maybe it's gonna take me a couple more weeks to actually recover uh, oh I'm yeah. proud of you for doing that thank you you're welcome <laughs> what about you what's a okay. what's a bitch food story this is my bitch food so this is probably, this is my last week when I was at Res, and one of my bitch foods is meat. I have been recently, because of the fact that I've challenged this bitch food a handful of times, and I'm still going back and forth between, like, is it really preference? Do I, like, not like meat, or is this my eating disorder, like, holding on to its final, like, last grip of, like, control mm-hmm. over the types of food, like, I am allowing myself to eat? still debating that and that's like, how continuing ever, therapy yeah if i ever figure out what that is i'll let y'all know but right. my story is it was my last week at res and i was going to be eating a burger for the first time in a very 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 long time and i said to my dietitian i said girl if i'm eating this burger it better be the best burger i've ever eaten like we're getting some sort of like <laughs> really nice restaurant like i'm not eating some damn like i'm not eating a mcdonald's burger if i'm eating a burger black it's truffle mushroom yeah, literally like, i want this the bitch high, something, yes i literally that's why i say gold flakes nothing wrong with mcdonald's burger just need to preface that but i was like if i'm going balls out i'm going balls out so day of it comes really 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 anxious and she tells me she's always yeah that wrong restaurant that we said we we're gonna order from is actually closed so we're gonna do five guys instead and i was like you're fucking kidding me and that was the day of yeah that was the day of that was probably like an hour beforehand we're getting also that this day i just remember we got a bunch of new admins and i was just like sitting yes, in the hallway like, in the back like crying by myself and i was like this is the worst somebody get me an ice pack i need tip right now please <laughs> right now so it's lunchtime i'm downstairs burgers in front of me i've been having a anxiety attack since process group which was probably about an hour before lunch i sat all the process group with an ice pack near my chest being like oh god oh god oh god oh god and it's getting closer it's getting, getting closer, closer. Yeah. yeah yeah it was just not good so i got my nice burger put my stuff on it i'm sitting downstairs with my dietitian i lose it i snap i 
had, mind you, I'd been there for probably around like 80 days at this point. So it had been like a while since I had been there and I saw a lot of people come and go and it was getting really, really hard mentally for me to like be there. So I was missing home, but I snapped. I was crying. I was yelling, sobbing my eyes out. And then she obviously didn't know how to handle how much emotion I had brought to this meal. Yeah. So she texts my therapist. Therapist comes down. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. So I was sitting there crying and I was like, Mark, I can't do this. Mark, I can't I was like, I'm I don't want to eat this. It's disgusting. Yeah. I tried tried to take a bite. I don't want stall. It's cold now. If I it's cold, I need to heat it I up. Can't I can't eat like, it. Yeah. And Mark looked at me and Mark went, You're latching. You're latching onto this. And immediately you're saying that kind of the same thing that you said with Abby, I went, snapped. Like snapped out of it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm completely latching to this situation. Like, there's a, this is a burger. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm latching to this burger and the anxiety that it is causing me. Like, it's a burger. Like, I've already taken a bite. Like, I've been completely latching to this emotion. Like, right now, that's causing me this distress. But so I sat down there for the rest of the time, and I had to make small talk with my therapist and dietitian while I ate a burger. And then the best part was the head of the whole entire program came downstairs as well. So I was sitting down there eating my number one bitch food with my dietitian, my therapist, and the head of the, the director program. Of the, program. <laughs> the director of the program. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, this is great. And I finished the meal. Hi, everyone. Hello. And I'm sitting, <laughs> Yay! I'm sitting there. They literally brought her down because I was threatening AMA. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. And they're like, so you're going to stay? I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. Don't worry. I'll be, yeah, I'm still going to be here. Go. Yeah, yeah. You, you just tell me when you think I can be discharged. I'll wait until then. But I think an important point to make about our emotions around that food was like, it wasn't the food causing that type of distress. Like I was not in that much of a heightened emotion because of the burger itself. I was in a heightened emotion because of the trauma I had surrounding meat. And that's something that we had kind of talked about, about how it's not about the food. And I guess I'm wondering if your thoughts behind that too about how the eating disorder and the fear of food is not about the food itself right it's about tying this emotion into something that gives us this false idea of control when the trauma that we had gone through or when the environment at our home that we go to is so chaotic it gives you that idea of this is where you can center yourself and so much of that emotion warps and turns into the eating disorder that makes you really truly believe that it's the food itself. And it's your body image and it's like your appearance. And I think that's what's so frustrating whenever the common response when you tell somebody that you have an eating disorder, you struggle with food is, oh, just eat. Like, just eat the food. Just eat some food. And it's not about the food. And that's like such a like the surface level it's like the tip of an iceberg of an eating disorder is yeah getting is the food yeah is the that's food. like and 25 percent of it and the 75 other percent is a lot a lot therapy. of individual therapy yeah. a lot a lot of processing things debunking core beliefs yeah recognizing your core beliefs first mm-hmm. I mean which is hard because we're talking about like going back to the very primal instinct of human anatomy and why we do what we do when it comes to eating disorder behaviors. And I think it's hard too, because I think that eating disorders have such a stigma on them for almost being like 
very, very shallow disorders to have and a disease to struggle with because of the fact of how much it is surface level on the outside about the food you're eating and about your body and about your appearance. But it is so much deeper than that. I didn't realize it wasn't about the food until much into my recovery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's something that at times can be still like hard to recognize when I'm like having say a bad body image day. And I'm like, no, I think it actually generally is like, I just really, really care about my appearance. And I really, really care about that. I'm like, no, I can say I care about my appearance because I care about what people think about me because I want to be liked, because because I want to feel like I'm worthy, because I want to be accepted because of X, Y, Z that happened in my childhood. It's like piecing together things Mm -hmm. that you can recognize why you went to the behaviors, not Mm -hmm. why you became scared of the pizza. Mm -hmm. That comes way later. Yeah. And I think that like, that's recovery is being able to get to the core root of where these beliefs come from, the core root of where your struggles may come with your relationship with food, because that's what's going to help you the most when you're like relapsing or when you are having a harder time is like being able to take a step back. The amount of times when I was sitting in front of a meal at res and being like, it's not about the food, anything that I'm feeling right now, or like if I was anxious going into a meal, the most powerful I like felt in my recovery is being able to take a step back and being like, all right, it's not about the food. What's actually causing me this distress. And then eating the meal. And then eating the meal like this morning, (sighs) like, it was not about the food and like me choosing what I wanted to be eating for breakfast was not the problem of my day was not causing me the anxiety. I was having anxiety because of something else that's happening that maybe I need to spend some time today doing some reflection of like, okay, where did that anxiety like really come from? And that's what therapy is used for. Because we can only process so much in our own minds. Mm -hmm. Um, There comes a point where you have to speak it into existence to see perspective because maybe just maybe that thought is not right. Mm -hmm. And like, I think I had to really put my stubbornness aside. And after a certain point, I was like, maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) Maybe Maybe, I'm wrong. (laughs) Maybe this thought that I have about having two different forms of avocado isn't right. Hold up. Maybe me legitimately screaming is not the burger. Yeah. Like maybe it's not an appropriate reaction. Maybe this isn't. (laughs) <laughs> it caused by the food and there have maybe been so many moments like food. that yeah there have been so many moments like that for me and yeah. like those little maybes really have sent me into some realizations yeah. um, that I was holding myself way too accountable for that I had of no fault yeah doing. like I'd say definitely in the beginning of recovery like you have to question everything you have to question all of your thoughts and beliefs even if 99% of you firmly believes this idea the one percent mm-hmm. may change your mind. Like we said, food is the twenty-five percent, but that's a huge twenty-five percent. Mm-hmm. And the seventy-five percent of all the other psyche stuff is a huge seventy-five percent. Like yeah. it takes time. Yeah, and that's why recovery takes time, and why you're going to continue to get me and Georgia being as vulnerable and as open yes. as we can be about our journeys and where we're at and what we're experiencing and going through, because it's going to be up and down and all over the place, which yes. has been proven to be true within the past now four episodes. Right. Talking to you I mean, about if you it. can't like, if you, if you think- can't see that, <laughs> me and Georgia are like not perfect. The perfect because images the first for recovery. episode we're like woo, the second episode we're like. Mm. And then the and third episode, we're like, and now, and now we're like, oh. <laughs> all over the place, all over the place. Yeah, like, but it's emotions. fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Georgia. Another good. Little- this is a fantastic episode. It is. 
I'm really happy with our conversations that we had today. And I think that they were really great ones. I think we're really insightful when it comes to both of our different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, It's exciting to see them mesh together and know that you understand, even though it's a completely different experience that you've had with them. Yeah. You want to wrap up the episode? No, but yeah. (laughs) You know, like I could talk. Forever, uh, yeah what's something you're gonna do today to take care of yourself I really want to take a bath a or, bubble bath yeah I kind of want to take a bubble bath so I'm not gonna give myself an option otherwise I won't choose either of them mm-hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely take a bath today nice. and I'll light a candle too Ooh, she can fancy yes what about you I think the weather is, it's cold outside today, but it's really, really sunny. And I really want to go for a walk with my dog because I haven't got to see Gus for a couple of days and he's sleeping right now. He's dreaming. Yeah. Oh, wait, Georgia, we need to read a message that we got from a lovely, lovely follower. How could we have forgotten? Wow. You know what? I have a really good message that I would like to share. Please do. And um, she actually said that I could use her name. I love that. In the mention, so I'm excited. So this message is from Shema. Hi, Shema. Hi, Shema. So the message says, I've been looking everywhere for something like this, but I couldn't find anything. Where do I even start? The sense of humor, the relatability, and the deep, dark moments of recovery and how real you guys are. Every bit of this podcast is a masterpiece. That was so sweet. That is so sweet. That was so sweet. Oh, and then and at we, the end, you guys are saviors. Like that makes my heart so full. Thank it just you, makes, Shema. Thank you, Shema. It just makes me so happy to think that any of you out there are able to find any sort of comfort or any sort of belonging in Georgia and I's podcast and in our friendship because I don't think we'll ever be able to express how much it means to us and how grateful we are yeah. that you choose to listen and choose to support because this is just an exciting experience it's so exciting shame of being able to recognize the moments in the podcast that are a little more like humorous and then another Mm -hmm. one we're more vulnerable and we're more deep I mean that's really a huge purpose of our podcast too is is being able to balance all of those things and knowing that it's totally okay yeah oh I love our podcast. I love I all of you too. listening, I you Georgia. Guys. I love you. I love you, Lo. Uh, Georgia, we ate the fucking food. We ate the fucking food. Uh, uh, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Uh, we love you. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye.